Hello everybody, it's your old friends at Monday Madness and welcome to the currently unnamed football podcast. We've got the FDS podcast. Yes. We've got, yeah. we've got tons of options. Yeah. Um, it, that is our only option that I'm allowing. The yes. FDS podcast. And we're not going to say what it stands for. It's up to your skill and judgment to decide what does it actually stand for. Um, so guys, how's the form? Good. It's all yeah, good. Pretty actually, yeah. somewhat, somewhat. And the calm down before the... The tough season the ahead. Tough season ahead. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're about a month away, aren't we? Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks in total. Yeah. It's gonna be the fun well, we got the kind of uh, fucking dull foreplay of the preseason to yes. get through. Yeah. The uh, the this the sexy laun- sexy laundry has come on. We're all going to America for our, for our stag. Yeah. And then it's all gonna be terrible downhill from there. Absolutely. Yeah. Somebody yeah. will show up with a blow up doll. Everybody will get too drunk. Yeah. There'll be a sheep involved at some <laughs> stage. <laughs> Always <laughs> will go missing at some yeah. points. Yeah. yeah, then we'll just wind up calling up Flamini. Is he ba- is he at your place again? Is he your place? Why'd you let him in? Why you're gonna have to throw him out again? Surely he's Flamini- heard the song. Surely Flamini's the straight man here. He's a designated driver. He's getting everybody home. Right? That's that's his role. Here, no, he? no, no, he'd no. He'd be cramming them all into a tiny car and like yeah. throwing them out at different stops. Absolutely. Just yeah, to watch he'll, them struggle. Yeah. And he'll cram them in like with two foot tackles to the back. Well, that's a good way to get them into the car. Like, oh, if that's yeah. Small. yeah no, that's a great way enough. to get them out as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's a serious taking <laughs> going well. Yeah, we're trying to pick a tone, but it's not really working out. Um, so... We are going to start off with our first set piece of the podcast. Um, what's on? What's the list for today? What's the program? Well, the program is we are going to be talking about the women's World Cup, Woo! Um, and then wondering why there isn't a men's World Cup. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> agenda. Yeah. Agenda. I think. Find. Agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after that, then we're going to have a really smelly debate about VAR, Ooh. and. Hopefully it won't get too ugly, but uh, I pick my side. I don't know what you guys think. Um, I am, I'm happy to defend my post until maybe 10 minutes later when I probably change my mind. <laughs> and then after that, then we're going to be... We have a few little cute, cute little rounds as well. We have a brand new section called Transfer Guff, and we'll get to that um, after the break. We also have our Hand of Cod, which is another new segment because none of you have heard the pilot. Um, <laughs> yeah. So explain that um, everything as well. will be new. Then. Everything will be new. Yes, and then uh, we're new. Yeah, and then we'll be ending and uh, talking about the managerial merry-go-round. All the new changes that's happened in the Premier League um, since then. So Rafa leaving, Frank Lampard take, leaving Derby County. Sorry, Frank Lampard's Derby County to take over Chelsea to make a Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Yeah. And then some fellow called Graham Potter taking over at Brighton because you need to have some sort of like comic relief at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then one very stinky burning question at the end of that as well. Cool. Um, so yeah. without further ado. Yes, without further ado, the Women's World Cup, lads. Um, what did you think of it? Oh, God. Well, America won, like I said they would. Yeah, yeah. I, also, um, I also said that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to trust us because you're never going to hear the pilot. So. <laughs> Although I will say that while I thought America would win, I really hoped the Dutch would. Mm. So when the Dutch and American turned out to be the final, I'm like, oh, but and it wasn't a, I was rooting for the Dutch. 
But I kind of knew it was like know. a heart, it was like a head over heart situation, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Not even that as well. Was, I was would have loved to have seen Medema really pick up something really really big. Mm. It's kind of the difference because um because it's it's a difference in mindset between like the two Arsenal fans because like, a good proportion <laughs> of your team are Dutch or at least ex members of the team mm-hmm. were Dutch. Like your goalkeeper, the goal the Dutch goalkeeper was was. On the books at Arsenal for a long time as yeah, well. Yeah, sorry, Van Vienendal, who yeah. is Golden Glove winner mm. at the World Cup, is now currently clubless. Now, there are talks. <laughs> she ran out the end of her contract because we've signed uh, Pauline Perengo otherwise known as Hulk. Payro Magnum. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> she calls herself Hulk. I will call her Hulk. Yeah, we'll go with Hulk. Okay. Um, we signed her. She's a, France's second choice goalkeeper um, didn't get any runs out of the World Cup mm. and yet we see Sari who got obviously her nose was put out of place by the fact that they'd signed this other world class keeper mm. didn't renew her contract and yeah um, put out one of the best displays of bybeads I've ever seen a player do at a World Cup yeah mm-hmm. now she she was very good in the final I must admit um, but we'll work away oh, the final would have been a goddamn cricket score oh yeah totally for... it's, it's gone, I was going to say that the kind of difference in mentality was that like obviously you guys would have loved to see the Dutch uh, side go me coming from kind of kind of outside of the, of the bubble in a way I just said no nah, these lads don't have to stand a chance the American team was just so so good like and they are like they're still the gold standard to me like but uh, yeah, but they always were I mean even, yeah. even funnily enough even if they'd lost the final they would have still been the gold standard mm. the players they have are just of a, they're just a higher caliber just a fit, the, yeah like, when you, go to training the, when you look at the club level mm. when you look at the, women, the, the women's football at the club level and everybody looks at the Leon team and go, "Fuck me! Yeah. What in earth are they doing there? Like mm. it's a fucking Galacticos thing there." Mm-hmm. That's essentially what America are the international point. It'd be a hell of a match, wouldn't it? USA versus Leon. I'd fucking pay to see that. I'd yeah, lo- I would that love would to see that match. Because as far as I know, there's no American players on the Leon team. Currently, no. Yeah, like that'd be a cracking fucking match. Um, Even just as a, fr- what, as a charity what, thing. What it's shown you as well, though, that. Like the squad, the America squad were obviously taken out for the World Cup, but mm. their league still continues. If if the any of the, if the Champions League was missing that twenty squad of twenty three players or whatever it was, they wouldn't put on. They wouldn't. Put, mm. they, they'd halt the Champions yeah. League. But they actually have so much quality over in America that they're willing to. Mm. Oh yeah, Megan Rapinoe can go for three two months, and we'll just continue playing and scoring. It's, it's and the infrastructure they have. They could have come in as session players to other yeah. teams, and it's always fantastic. And everybody always takes them. It's like, it's like, oh, you'll you'll have Rapinoe for two or three months. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Morgan. Um, Played for City for a few weeks. Well, yes. It actually didn't really work out for her. She didn't really adapt to the playing the game very well But in the FAWSL. But um, you've got people like Heather O'Reilly signed for Arsenal and she was fantastic. She mm. was a fantastic addition to our midfield. At a point mm. where we were struggling for... Uh, <coughs> Kim Little was out injured and we needed someone to kind of box-to-box midfield for us and keep yeah. the job. Yeah, very good, very good. So I think what we might do is we might run down from the round of 16 upwards because there'll be some games that are kind of like, you know, were kind of part of the chaff, if you like, and then some that were quite noteworthy because a lot of a lot of the big teams kind of met each other really early. Like there was like, I felt like one side of the tournament was very kind of top heavy mm-hmm. and then everything else, there there was an easier side. I think this is always the case now with World Cups. I think the, like the men's World no, Cups it's the same way. Like, it just happens. It's a yeah, course that it all does, the yeah. deadly teams play each other in one half. Mm. And oh, somehow England got to the semis just by a kind of by accident. At least not in this case. They kind of did deserve it. But yeah. No, no, we'll they, de- they definitely did. Yeah. Like, unlike the men's team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, where, they, where, where somehow Eric Dyer was a national hero because he oh 
because he didn't fuck up a penalty. Ugh. And that's a that's forty million pounds well spent there, lads, isn't it? Anyway, so the round of sixteen technically started with Germany versus Nigeria, and this is fairly routine. It was a three 0 win for Germany against Nigeria. No much to say about it really. It was just a it was solid the first, performance. It was the first um, time that the German media actually were like, "Oh, we could actually do this." And it was, it was a very pessimistic going in. They were they? like, yeah. "This squad is very much a squad in transition," and they were kind of worried going into the World Cup that they wouldn't do as well as they mm. could have done. And this was kind of their kind of glimmer of hope that yeah. things were going all going to be fine. Mm. And uh, as we will find out from the quarterfinals, they were not fine. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Norway versus Australia then also uh, kind of on the same. I was actually the day beforehand. Uh, that ended one all and went to penalties, and Norway won quite comprehensively, as a matter of fact, because uh, Kerr Gilnick missed their penalties. Like this is now what three weeks on from that match. Mm. Has like has Sam Kerr's penalty landed anywhere? Uh, I I still I think they're still tracking it. I think it's heading towards. I that remember that it wasn't a cut by that Chinese asteroid that the Chinese satellite that landed on that asteroid. I could have there could have been a ricochet involved. Yeah, I don't definitely. I, I haven't so. checked with NASA yeah, yet. You absolutely. Know. Yeah. yeah mission, mission control is busy as it is. Like I figured it might be classified. Um, <laughs> but funnily, you know, Sam Kerr after being dumped out of the World Cup and you know Australia being kind of lambasted for having such a terrible World Cup. Scored after sixteen seconds back playing for her club. Yeah, like she was just like, yeah, this is. Yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> it's kind of, it's a shame because it, it's Adidas, not me. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a shame because Aussie, the Aussies did so well in the group stages as well because they, they were in such a hard group. We referred to them as the Matildas. Isn't yeah, they called the Matildas. Yeah. yeah, and they were so good. And it's kind of a shame that they kind of like hit a really good Norway Norway side as well. They were just mm. so well organized and so much more physically dominant. It didn't really come, come turn out in this game. This was actually quite even, but as the kind of the game went on and even just been able to just put your penalties away, like yeah. you know, it made a difference. No, it, it doesn't. The end. It, it comes out. I'm like Jesus Christ. How many times have you said this about football games? It's like mm. one team took their chances, the other team didn't. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking about them, team. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be fun. England, Cameroon, three um, 0 to England. But that does not tell the whole story, does it, Rachel? Oh God, like. <laughs> And it's also the amount of legs that were left on the Indian team. Oh my god. This match was like the fucking shit posting match of the World Cup. Like. Honestly, at one point this... I honestly thought it was like a women's football kung fu tribute to saving Private Ryan. It could, it could have been. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'd say it was a women's like tribute to Fatal Deviation. Some of them are. Yeah. Oh, some of them are. Oh, no, because this was actually real. Fatal Deviation is so fake. This was. What? It's fake? Crunch it. Oh, man. Some of the. If anything, if this match served anything, by the way, any <laughs> positive purpose, apologies, <laughs> if this match served any positive purpose, it, it put, firmly put to bed that the kind of stereotypical notion that women's football is somehow softer Because, mm. <laughs> holy fuck. Yeah. I was watching my dad, and he was just laughing. He was like, like did something go on? Because he doesn't watch it. Yeah, of He does actually watch a whole lot of football, to be perfectly honest mm. with you. Um, but he, he was like, did something go on? Like, like, was there an argument? Yeah. Like, you genuinely believe there was like beef between the two teams or something like that. There and is that beef between went, the two countries, just, though. They just there ran is, out yeah. and just absolutely massacred. Cameroon had this weird thing about England because I think they were knocked out in a similar fashion in the 1990 World Cup. Well, they, actually knocked out. No, as in, that's what Cameroon were aiming for in this one. Well, that that was certainly <laughs> the case. But in the in the 1990 World Cup, in the in the men's World Cup, I should clarify, um, the, the Cameroon thought they had the best team. For some weird reason, and it was in their heads that they were going to get so far. Mm-hmm. I think it was because it's like peak Roger Miller time, yeah. and like a lit hashtag Miller time, obviously. And um, yeah, it always happens when there's somebody with the surname Miller. I know it's weird. Isn't it? 
That's not even spelled properly. <laughs> it's Millar. Yeah, or it's, it's not even called. So it's called. He's pronounced Miar, so it means nothing. Anyway, point that was standing. England not Cameroon out, and Cameroon never really got over it because that was their time. That was their moment to be the African team to make it all the way, and they just had bad blood ever since. Although, granted, England had not really thought about it. <laughs> They're too busy trying to beat the Germans um, and the French and the Europeans. Anyway, point that was standing. Cameroon can't really get over it. So every time they meet. It, there's usually trouble so I think the Cameroon women just wound themselves up over watching that match back and forth and um, crying over their um, statue of Robert J. Miller what I will point <clears throat> out is that they were getting so incensed by correct VAR decisions oh yeah yeah. Like, this, this match this will probably factor into our VAR discussion yes yeah. yeah. stay tuned it, for that it will but um, yeah like the thing was uh, <laughs> like it was just the most <laughs> bizarre reaction like the, the thing that was the Referee completely lost control yeah, of the players, yeah. and that wasn't the first time in the World Cup that the referee had done had let something go like that. So mm-hmm. Scotland Argentina match. Oh yeah, yeah. There was. I was going to talk about that. Boiling later on. over, and there was, you know, and the referee lost control. But that was towards the end of the match when yeah. Scotland were losing. If you know they like they just conceded two goals and were on the verge of conceding yeah, a third. Yeah, they were two. They'll lead. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this was just from the get-go. The referee was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. But They were um, just completely wound up. It's, it, it's like someone just said, like, you must kill them all. I was in France at the time when this was on. Mm. and we, I wasn't actually sitting down and watching it, but we were walking through this kind of, uh, kind of restaurant area and mm. places had the match on big screens as we were walking past. And we took 20 minutes to walk down this you know 500 meter strip because we kept stopping and going Jesus Christ <laughs> is she dead and then waiting to see if she was alive and then we'd keep going but uh, like the referee getting full on knocked over like the most bizarre uh, like it, it looked like FIFA some... it looked like if you just had two lads who never played FIFA before they know the slide tackle button square and just keep going for <laughs> yeah, all the time two hammered guys on FIFA who just don't give up yeah they switched the ref off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was a great match. So then to calm down then, we had, was it France-Brazil? France-Brazil then, yeah, was, the, was an actually good football game. That mm-hmm. was one of the best games of the competition that yeah. I watched. Because they just went fucking hell for the other. Just, it was just, yeah. fun, and obviously being in France at the time, the atmosphere was fantastic. Mm. And it was great play from both teams and it was just enjoyable. Yeah, and then this is a match I believe you're at in uh, Riem. Mm-hmm. Spain versus USA. Oh my God, that was unbelievable, and Spain were robbed. Yes, we we are going to get back to this game um, in the VAR debate because uh, I'm I'm not I'm not happy about this result at all. <laughs> to be fair though, like um, like the US obviously had the class, but Spain Spain were like low key really good, and I think the problem was I think they were in a very weak group, so they kind of like they didn't like tr- like trounce them completely. They did kind of go to like the group's level in a way. Which is what some big teams kind of do. They pace themselves and then they crack on yeah. in the later stages when they know that's when it's that's when it's showtime. But uh, I don't think they'll have the chance because then they got the fucking US. Like, what, yeah. what else is going to happen? Um, but this was a shame because Spain like, probably had their best game of the tournament against the US and ended up losing, which is, yeah. a, which is such a shame. They lost Lissada, <clears throat> who had been rested, well, I presumed rested um, mm. for the match previous or whether people were saying she was dropped for not agreeing with the coaches yeah. uh, training methods or something um, but she came back on and within 10 minutes like had to be subbed off for the worst black eye I have ever yeah. seen it was already black and blue 
as she sat up after being kneed in the mm. face. Like, and I could see that, and I was in the, you know, I was in the stands. You could see the black black eye from there. Um, but yeah, like, is she dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's happening again. <laughs> um, but yeah, where we were sitting, as was most of the stadium, was uh, we were surrounded by mm. USA supporters, and they did not react well to not dominating play 100%. Like, yeah. be putting them under any sort of pressure was so new to them. Like, they supporters are used to seeing the, like, coming in. Globe, having, the Harlem Globetrotters, basically. Yeah, like, 70% <laughs> possession. They're fighting back. They're not allowed to do this. <laughs> That's that, cheating. That is pretty much what was happening. And, like, the, the need to the face was an accident. But, like, one of the guys turned around and he's like, well, I'm kind of glad we took her out because she was really good. And I was like, well, you're not making a game. Well, I suppose if this was me, if, if Ireland was there and it was an opposition player, yeah, I'd be delighted. Yeah, if we had taken... What, what, what do you mean? If One of taken... our players has been tweeting, looking forward to doing this again. <laughs> Hack it out for the USA players. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all a good fun. It's all a good fun, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, it's... Uh, being there was... Obviously, I was rooting for Spain because I wanted to be antagonistic to the rest of the crowd. Um, and it worked. Because, because they're Americans. Uh, but yeah, it was um, the VAR gave a penalty that even after watching the replays, like in the stadium, you don't get to see it's the VAR. It, yeah. So like the VAR replays that you get to see at home on TV, you don't get to see them in the stadium. So Which is dumb. Uh, only after the fact did we get any sort of indication as to why the penalty was given. In fact, it was me. It was actually me telling you what was happening. Yeah. Before, otherwise, you wouldn't <laughs> have known. Yeah. Like, we knew it had gone to VAR because it comes up on the big screen. Yeah. There's a VAR review and, and it, nothing else gets shown except mm-hmm. this one banner. And then occasionally it'll flick to the crowd who are looking anxious. And, like, the Americans were not dealing well with the stress. They full-on, uh, by the final problem. whistle, were, like, just, uh, like, just delighted. Just yeah. that they Relieved, survived. yeah. And they, they're not used to this. So it was a fantastic atmosphere to be in because it was so tense. Good, yeah. Well, if VAR is doing anything, it's probably just adding the drama, but it's not making the game better. <laughs> that was, we, we will get, we will yeah, get into again, that soon. We'll come back to that. Yeah, we will. We'll put a pin on that. Um, Sweden, Canada next. Um, solid win for Sweden, 1 0. Canada just didn't look that great, and I don't think they will look great all tournaments, really. No, they're an aging squad. <clears throat> again, they're kind of a squad in transition. You've got Lexus like, Sinclair, who's With their pro- ages. Yeah. Like, yeah, and then you've got like some really, really young prospects coming through, but haven't just got quite got that world cup quality yeah, yeah, they're not um, there, yeah becky took a penalty which was saved or what did she send it completely wide i can't remember but it was unusual mm. because um normally sinclair takes it doesn't, doesn't sinclair doesn't she, yeah. is the test yeah but she, i think mm. sinclair knew she wasn't having a good game and obviously it didn't have the mindset to yeah. take the penalty and said look you've been having a good game do you want to take it and that's putting a lot of stress on someone not you know, yeah. used to taking. You know, if if you're captain and if Christine Sinclair said to me, "Would you take this penalty for me?" I don't know if I'd say no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fairness. Um, because that kind of problem happened with England as well. After a while, later on the, in the yes, tournaments, yeah, yes, yes. which we'll get to very soon. Um, Italy, China, um, China, the uh, were finally uh, defeated <laughs> comprehensively this time. Uh, thanks to a really good Italian side. Mm. Um, yeah, just like. We are. Everyone was kind of worried. There's always kind of attack versus defense problem where like you want the attacking side to win because they're actually trying to win, uh, and the Chinese side will just like dig in and dig in and just be as the ultimate shit houses. But two goals in the first half, 
That's all you need, like. Ah, their Great Wall failed again. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Hungarians. <laughs> Um, we're yeah. looking at Hungarians. Yeah, Italy, <laughs> Italy were the surprise of the World Cup for a lot of people, mm. and yeah, no, they just played some fantastic football yeah. and deserved. And have a really good squad, like though I did. They're one of the few teams in the tournament that actually use width so well because they actually have the wingers to do it, like Bonacia and uh, and this Galli. No, Galli yeah. plays a midfield, doesn't she? Ooh, she can go out in the wing. She can have the wing. I, I could be thinking of that, but they just they just bomb so so well, like and comparison to a few other teams that have done that have the same formation. They were the best 4-3-3 team I've seen in the tournament, and I'm including the Netherlands in that. I don't think they worked well in that system. Um, well, they should have worked because they have the players, but mm. the Italian side were so much better at the tactically. They're, they were it. very much a team. Like they yeah. were, yeah, yeah. Was, and they're all to the same level. With you know. the Dutch, it's kind of a lot of individuals who have very strong mindsets mm. and are used to playing this way. Yeah. And then playing for the national team, they're needed to kind of adapt their role slightly, and they don't like that. And kind of play for each other as well. Because there's a lot of even in the in, in the group stages because we're on to the Netherlands now talking about their match against Japan, uh, which they won two one another VAR call uh, Martins with a ninety minute penalty, yeah, <sighs> harsh again. Um, can't say fair than that. But her other goal was sublime though. Great so. goal, great goal. We can't deny that. But Japan just looking just started coming back. Yeah, I, I laughed at her first goal. I was like, oh man, that was so good. That should count for two. <laughs> I think that's what FIFA thought as well. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give, give, give him this one. Make it happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, this was a good. I really enjoyed this game actually because um, it was a kind of a story being told about it because everyone was kind of going in, going, oh, this good Netherlands side, the Japanese side, they're withering, they're, you know, they've got their eyes set on the Olympics and they actually they kind of wrote them off at the start because uh, like Holland scored really early on. And then everyone was going like, "Oh well, no, this Japan, you know, they've got, they've got their size in the Olympics. Fuck that! They equalised like straight away almost, and then I mm. gave them a good game. Then, and mm-hmm. I, if anything, Japan could have easily beaten the Netherlands. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, could def- this like is one of the matches that could have gone either way. Var was the decider there. Yeah, absolutely, and that's going to be a theme going into the quarterfinals as well. Uh, so the quarterfinals then started off with Norway, England, and uh, this is probably England's best game of the tournament. Three 0 win. Yeah, yeah. Totally smoked in under underwhelming Norway team. Yeah, yeah, people. Norway had been doing so well, but I do think um, this was as far as they were going to go, though. Really? Well, no. They could, if they'd have played like they had done in the previous game, I think they, they were just tired. They have. Mm, yeah. They don't have the squad depth that other teams would have mm, had. So, yeah. like, I don't think they just had the fresh legs, and I think that was their undoing. Yeah, and I don't think they rotated well. that much either. They only had the like no. the, te- the first eleven that was like the rotating. Like teams and squads of Phil Neville. You say that. <laughs> rotation is such a lovely word. I mean, it, it kind of masks the possibility that Phil Neville maybe doesn't know what he's doing. That, like, and he's kind of getting away with it. You know, as an Irish person, it's very hard to praise England. But their squad <laughs> is fantastic. It's a good squad. Brilliant. It's a really good squad. Really like, and on paper, I don't think they should be as far behind the USA as they are. Yeah. I think um, if they had someone, they in, have someone yeah. competent who actually knows what they're doing. Like it genuinely seems like he just puts names into a hat and draws them out match by match. Mm. No, what, are the, with, what are, with making sure that it's heavily weighted towards yeah. you know, so there might be five copies of Steph Houghton in the files. <laughs> Steph Houghton's definitely gonna get pulled out, and yeah. then, you know, any man that she's there. not drawn out first, so she has to go and goal. Yeah, <laughs> you're in goal now. Glove up. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not that blue sky thinking he yeah, does, yeah. yeah. 
I think like Phil Neville's kind of strikes me as a guy who actually did no scouting for the for the England team and just like he was told here's your best he actually saw the FIFA ratings of the team right and said okay here's your 90s here's your 80s here's your 70s okay I'll pick that team that's grand about Alex Ferguson remember he was playing some no name team in some Champions League qualifier or something mm. like that and looked them up on Football Manager yeah Champ Manager at the time. Champ Manager yeah. yeah at the time oh yeah. my god you know but it just, does it does sorry, actually seem like can, that can we just enjoy the idea that Alex Ferguson once had to boot up Championship Manager like yeah. he's an old man you know how old people are like with computers yeah he probably so, booted up and went don't tell me how to do my job so, Darren <laughs> Darren how do I play as Kamadin <laughs> but uh, no it, it, he did he, but he struck me he struck me as somebody who was trying desperately to learn on the job yeah he definitely looked like he was doing on the fly and, but the thing is, is that there is the stereotype that footballers aren't tremendously clever mm. so he, he kind of he, he looked like he was learning on the job it looked like the team were yeah he sorry. was throwing out all these like cool phrases and like you know buzzwords yeah buzzwords that know, like talk the shit but like talk, literally you know, like it's the exact opposite of what's actually happening on yeah. the pitch so mm. he's like oh we have our formation we have our methods of playing and you know you we need the best player and like well that's not what's happening on the pitch because <laughs> Like, you're making you changes tra- left, right, and center. And like, we've got to have stability. We've got to know. And like, this is the complete opposite of what's going on. Like, do, do you think he was reading it? off cue cards for the interview? Like, he's just saying, like, and we have to be strong and stable. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get them switched up again, Gary? <laughs> <laughs> um, but England, yeah, they looked they looked good in this match. But that's only because what, of Norway. I was, I was going to give a special not. recognition for Lucy Bronze. Her goal, melted oh, the box. Oh, that was okay. But beautiful. There again, that that goal, they had literally tried that two minutes before, like five minutes beforehand, mm. like that setup from a uh, cross. And uh, Mead came on and kind yeah. of false took a false free. Referee pulled it back. Did the exact same thing that you think if you've seen someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like oh, this is what they're gonna do. Oh, they're not gonna try that two times. Can't do that again. Oh, they did it again. Oh, no, oh, no. And it really worked for them. And it's like they've practiced this loads. And it's not like Lacey Bronze has ever done this before. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was just kind of annoying. But yeah, um, Norway just... I think they have a really good future. As in, I think the squad is there to be yeah. built on. I think they'll, they'll have a very strong Euros, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, France versus US. Another cracking oh. game. Oh, um, this was great. This was yeah. phenomenal. Probably the ter- game of the tournament, maybe. It just was build as that, but I... Think the France Brazil game. Might. I I have a different candidate in mind actually, but we'll uh, we'll get to that at the end. Um, but yeah, look another good game. Rapinoe scoring both goals. Um, I think this is at the point where the cult of personality kicks in. But Rapinoe, I, I know it was always her, been there, her, but this been the hyperdrive. Her celebration her. with her arms at the you mm, know the, outstretched. The, Rand, like, the, the Randy Orton, as it's called yes. in, the, in the biz. Oh right. Um. <laughs> take a word. Take a word for it, Rachel. Just it, it it's been done before. It's a wrestling thing. It's a thing. Oh, you figured. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the uh, that the, yeah that's what kind of started. Like that was the USA's biggest match. They said it before, mm. like they said it after, and they said it beforehand that they were looking at that as their that was big yeah, match. that was their asset test. That's who they were worried mm-hmm. about. France had beaten them before earlier on. It was it this year or la- late last year? I can't remember. In friendlies, mm. um, and they were worried about France on home sir on home soil. Yeah, and they were kind of rightfully so because um, I don't think France really started that well. Uh, obviously conceding the early goal will do that mm. but they kind of grew into it a lot more once they put the American team under pressure and I, I feel like if teams actually did just go gung-ho against the American team especially against the centre-backs like, I, you could make them crumble you know 
I don't think anyone really but did. I don't think it crumbled. See, that's the thing. I think they're a team that don't respond well under pressure. But the problem is, is that they don't crumble. Yeah. They have to be kept under pressure. And that's quite difficult to do when you've got players of just that calibre. Like, well, the midfield as well. Like, the midfield can just turn around so fast. Midfield's sick. I yeah. would have liked to have seen China versus the USA. That would have been intriguing, yeah. Just to see how they would deal with that. Or even Cameroon versus mm. the USA. Like, that shithousery. Like... That could have, that been, been, good shit. Epic. Yeah, have been good shape. Epic. Yeah. Imagine the VAR. Fucking international incident. <laughs> <laughs> the end of the World Cup, Cameroon just winds up getting invaded by a shitload of US Marines. <laughs> I am Karen Warren Cameroon <laughs> for making their bitches bad. But uh, that's, smell. But that's just it. Like, I think th- I think that's the re- the way to beat the, the USA team. Unfortunately, mm. it's quite difficult. Which is <clears throat> put them under pressure, you'll gain reward. But the problem is, is that you have to keep them under pressure. The state, they, yeah. they don't crumble. See. If England had Jack Charlton as their manager, oh, put going pressure. In, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Dear, dear, dear. I would have even said Mick McCarthy, even, you know. Uh, uh, no, we've got him. Yeah, we can't, can't have, have him. We can't have him. <laughs> He's ours now. Yeah, we own him and all his subsidiary rights. <laughs> For like two years and then he passed the fuck off. He's going to go back to Ipswich and put your head on the sun. Um, so, Italy, Netherlands, another good game. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah, well. Italy again. Kind of held out for quite a while, but the Netherlands could have put this away fairly easily, I thought. I thought. It just They did everything in the second half when they could have... I, it was kind of frustrating for me looking at the team, just going, just fucking pass the ball properly. Every single... This is a kind of like... This crystallised everything I thought about the Dutch team because the Italy side were, na- were tired. Yeah. It's very abundantly clear that they have reached their ceiling. Um, kind of weird to say that, but women's football, but however. Um, and the thing about the Dutch side was that they like played 4-3-3, great wingers, great speed... You know, great striker up front. Abysmal passing. Horrendous passing. And even the midfield are good passers between the three of them. But ask them to do a, a ball across, like, over the top, and it's just impossible. They overshoot everything. They're fucking... The, like, Van der Sanden's perpetually offside. Yeah, but you know... What <clears throat> she had a horrible tournament, Van der Sanden, like, she, I really... I don't know. Was, uh, somebody who asked me, was that actually Dutch for offside? <laughs> because he just kept hearing it being said. Yeah. And he's like, oh, is that actually Dutch for offside? No, 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 that's her name. Um, <laughs> I, I really rate her as a player, but that she didn't have a good tournament. No. And it was very frustrating when you know what she can do and you know what she regularly does with Leon, yeah. which is absolutely obliterate people with pace on the wing. Mm. Um, but you've got the likes of Danielle van der Dunk, whose passing in that game was shocking. Yeah, I've never seen. No, they're all, all, all they're passing, all very bad. They're all oh yeah, yeah. Like. But like I've ne- like I could see Danielle <laughs> actually just turning around and like killing someone because <laughs> she was so frustrated at but obviously her teammates but herself. Yeah. Like you could see she was getting and like that's any Arsenal lady supporter will know that when you see her mm. kind of hone in on someone you know they're gonna the get the death stare yeah. Yeah. there will be blood but yeah. the difference see the difference was so clear for me because when Van der Sanden came off and Berenstein came on yes. who by far was so much of a better obviously she's she's younger she's not the finished article yet <laughs> was better by the virtue of the fact that she didn't live offside not even that but it, she timed the round runs properly and came to the ball yeah. you see the worst thing about the, the, the Dutch team is especially Van der Sanden was that she never like tried to receive the ball she kept running over the top mm. which is good if your players can pass over the top no. if you don't have that luxury you have to come to the ball what was the thing about the passing the pa- they weren't even like they weren't like oh, an inch or two off or oh, that was just behind her oh, that, no, mm. no it was miles off miles off like yeah. they're serving it into the stands <laughs> <laughs> exactly it was like, to me feet yeah 
<laughs> were they just being kind of like, oh, we've got this. Like, where yeah. were they in the mind frame of like, Italy are shattered. We've got yeah. the players. What we'll do is we'll just bring on Berenstein. She'll run, give her a bit of that. Maybe the qual- maybe the idea is that she kind of like tired them out. But that wasn't how it came across. Chasing after their terrible passes. <laughs> exactly, that yeah. That would tire you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe they were just hoping they could win to themselves from laughing. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like a line of logic. I remember the... Um, um, Germany, Sweden then. Um, by far Sweden's best performance. Oh mm-hmm. my God. This was an unbelievable match. This was ominous a- for me. After Germany's fantastic match. Yeah. Or not even fantastic match, but good match the previous game. Against Nigeria, yeah. yeah. Um... <laughs> They like the the nation and kind of everyone was like, oh yes, like you know the Germans are back, they're about to win the World Cup and everything. Like look at our squad, it's great. Yeah, and then, it's coming home. Yeah, and then whether well, the German is or not. Um, and then Sweden just played absolutely phenomenally. Like, yeah. It was a fantastic game. It was so well organized. Like I, uh, this is gonna be a bit of a hot take, but Sweden were by far the best, the the tactically the best team in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing for me was like. Out of all the other teams there, there was always there's kind of like a lack of organization with some teams. Like the Dutch team, just were chaotic. You know, they, the passing was all over the shop. They didn't look tactically on the same level. Um, I probably put England a bit in that category, but I get the feeling they were kind of improvising a good bit there. Americans, obviously, they're gonna know what they're doing. The Norway side, I think, were very close second. Italy, Italy had a game plan, did it really well. China had a game plan, but likes of like the likes of Scotland, or for example just did shit on the fly and Australia did shit on the fly which can be a good thing because they're very unpredictable but with Sweden like they just their passing was so good they were receiving the ball you knew what you were going to get with Sweden and it sometimes was so kind of inevitable with how they, where they play they're so physically strong and you know even trying to get the ball off someone like Blackstenius or Asalani even just good luck with that like their, their ball control is so good mm. and so physically like that, that, secure Blackstenius is my favourite name <clears throat> from the World Cup <clears throat> It, it does sound like somebody out of a like a, a, a Tolkien novel. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty or like some sort she, of like... You expect to hear like slicing up orcs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic. Blacksinia slays another cave troll. Ah. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I do like press because I feel like every time every time that name is said, Jurgen Klopp just wakes up from his holiday. So, <laughs> press? Wait. Oh, never mind. Namaste, bitches. <laughs> what, like 4,000 miles away. How the hell are you still hearing that? <laughs> Pick it up on my teeth. Yeah. Six. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so no, semi- no, that yeah. was good. Well, Sweden demonstrated was the value of what uh, in Arsenal, what we term with their the quick passing. Yeah. It's really, really good. Sort of automat- automatisms. Yeah. Whereby you genuinely felt that at a, a few of the times those players could have been blindfolded and they still made half yeah. those passes. Like that was just because the level of just, coaching. Because yeah. they were just hitting it just often. Like, get the ball hit it quickly off to your left. Bang. The yeah. players there and it was brilliant it was yeah. really really good and like I said quite far, quite far the best coach team I quite, I'd say because they because it really did it showed the diff- it was a difference in the German team as well because yeah. the German team had a had a national team coach she'd left and suddenly just got one like a couple of like bunts pretty much before the tournament yeah. but not much game time to get used to in all, in all fairness and they showed like uh, as I, <laughs> as Irish we cannot talk smack about no coaching, so. very yeah. true very true yeah. Um, we will have a bit about that later on. Um, England, US then in the semi-finals. Um, 
really good game as well. So, so yes, this is your favourite. This is your team at a tournament, was it? <laughs> this was your game at a tournament. Sorry. Um, you no, it was, no, it's not actually. Oh, is it? Oh, no, oh. My, team, my game of the tournament is in the group stages, which we'll get to at the end. Oh. Um, so, uh, no, this was a really good, good game. Um, VAR kind of like just really got on my tits in so, this game, though. Um, really, really good. I was not watching this match, but I was getting <laughs> updates from Neil, from Jonathan, from my mom, yeah. from my dad. And they were all coming in around the same time. Like, so my phone... Your phone be blowing up. Yes. I was in a mosh pit. And my phone is, I could still feel my phone vibrating because it was going on. And I was kind of, oh, I'm going to have to check what's going on. It could be an emergency. No, well, it was VAR. It yeah, was a VAR emergency. Was VAR. I was livid during this match. Absolutely livid. Probably the only rock concert where you can just hear somebody at a break of the song scream, Fucking VAR! Sipping tea! <laughs> <laughs> if it's not the VAR, it was the banter at the end. It's I, always something. I absolutely loved that, and I yeah. loved her yeah. response. So, Morgan I never, I didn't it. understand the outrage about it. It's a fucking no, goal celebration. Some, some like. people were outraged because oh, it's mocking the English, and some people were fake outrage, going "Ha, huh, that is pretty class, though." And then mm. other people were like, "It's a fucking celebration. Get over yeah. yourself." Yeah, yeah. it's a goal celebration. That's very much what like, like, like just, Morgan's just, own. Yeah. Like she was interested. It's at least then, unique, like, you know, because at least like. If you compare that with like what fucking Griezmann does every time, and it's like, like a shitty dance from a shitty game, yeah, I just went there. Twelve year olds, get over it. Like that's right, internet. Come get me. Come get me. Play a real <laughs> fucking game, you cowards. And the you fact. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll put fucking hairs in your chest, yeah. you little shits. But that's the thing. You have, <laughs> the, like, you can't just have like those kind of double standards about that. If that's a shit celebration, fair enough, that's a shit celebration. No. But not do you can't just like what say. I don't, what I don't get is complaining about a celebration at all. No, that's what I don't matter. get. I was like, you put them under such incredible pressure to score goals, and then when they score goal, you criticize the manner that they choose to celebrate it. Mm. No, you don't get to do both. Yeah, in fact, you, if, you if I what? think we should regulate goal yeah. celebrations, everyone should be limited to the Alan Shearer yeah. hand up in the air. Well, I think that's no, 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 no. Everyone should have to do the shit Medimo tumble. Oh, the oh, shit tumble. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I didn't think of that actually. That is that what, like, that even is. the okay, fact for the yeah, women's game, for the women's game, the tumble. The fact that she came out to apologize for that, I'm not going to do it again. She's like, like a reassuring people. It's like I did as a joke with my bro- with a brother. Yeah, yeah. put her up to it. Blame him. Because she. <laughs> I can imagine like wrestling trainers all around the world just going fucking hell. Because like, the first thing I remember. She yeah. doesn't celebrate um, goals at all, and like her reason behind it is that like she scores so many of them, she'd be fucking wrecked. Yeah. And she's very chillax about these things. But uh, <laughs> she usually what she said is like a lot of her goals would be poacher goals. So yeah. someone else has done all the work. Why would I celebrate their work? True. Yeah. Like, so she's like, so she goes and just celebrates with the. It's team. a job to score. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of, um, she didn't score in this game. No. <laughs> but uh, Gronin did. Uh, it was 1-0 after extra time against Sweden. Um, and I was convinced going into this game and during the game that Sweden had uh, Netherlands' number. I am unfortunately wrong. But, um, but yeah, like, it was just a fairly... No, I think for a lot of you, yeah. you'd be quite correct. I mean, it was it was more... Go I... back to your, going back to your thing, it was a, one team was a proper full team and the other team was mm. just a group of individuals. Yeah. It just so happened that Dutch's individuals are quite fucking good. Yes. Mm. <laughs> and as a team, they play very, very they good. Are, yeah. yeah. Very good. I, when I, cli- when I, I'd fancy the, them for the Euros, by yeah, the way. When it clicks for the Dutch, my God, it clicks. So like, there are days where it doesn't click. Mm. Um, 
and there are times where it absolutely fucking does mm. and those in between games it's those individuals that will get them the win that yeah. will get them the salvage of like Martins in particular I think was a game winner on at least two occasions in yeah. the tournament like and in games when you when you have players like and I know we wax lyrical about her because she is an Arsenal player mm. but when you've got players like Medina you're going to get something yeah Oh yeah, Daniel Van der Donk, one of the like best chances that wasn't actually a goal, mm. like with her bicycle kick, like that was. I was in the stadium for that, and I was like, oh my god, like I, like it looked a lot closer in the stadium <laughs> than it was. Like when I saw the replays, and I got back, I was like, oh, she wasn't close at all. Yeah. <laughs> but the technique was spot on. Yes, so. points for effort. Yeah. Yeah. Got a 7.8 from the Swedish judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so the third place playoff, uh, we'll spend the grand total of five seconds on this. Sweden beat England 2-1. It was a fun game for half an hour and it then it stopped. It was a nonsense game. Yes. Uh, Phil, the <laughs> fuckpot Neville. Um, the fuckpot. Fuck it seems we're going to be spending a bit more than five seconds on this. Um, well, he, beat up that he, wanted to, he didn't want to come home medalist. Straight away after the match, then in his uh, interview post match, he yeah. said, Oh, well, it was like congratulations to Sweden, but it was a nonsense match. And it was just like, You're a fucking idiot. Sore <laughs> <laughs> fucking loser. No, not even Because that. you can't pick yeah. a team to save your fucking life. Even Get though, over yourself. Even though you've one of the best squads, the 25 women's squads. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the other team coach would have cut your throat even the half like, of them. One of the things, like, uh, I'm, it's been said, I know by countless of people like who support the Lionesses and who support Arsenal, um, Leah Williamson has most clean sheets out of anyone in that squad. Mm. Um, and she plays out from the back, which is apparently the model of play that Phil Neville wants. It's the England to. DNA. Uh, Karen Bardsley does not play out from the back. <laughs> Karen Bardsley, if you pass the ball back to her, panics to fuck and has to pull out these unbelievable saves just because she's out of position when someone gives her a pass back. She's basically Joanna Hart. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> where Carly Telford then, who did get two matches? Three matches. Three matches yeah. in the World Cup. Um, is a keeper that can pass out from the back and play mm-hmm. out from the back. But then she's been given these defenders who don't play this model of football at all. And... <laughs> Like Abby McManus and Steph Houghton, um, like Manchester City, like they're they have a nice style of football as much as it pains me to say that. Mm-hmm. But they're not a passing out from the back kind of style. And that was like Millie Bright got herself into twisted into knots <laughs> on several occasions to mm. trying to do a pass back to Carrie Telford because she was expecting it. But then she's not used to playing that style of football, no. so she'd fuck it up. And then there was a pass in, and someone would run in and score. And that's exactly how Sweden scored. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, the final then. Um, <clears throat> United States winning 2-0 against the Netherlands. Um, it's about as good a game as you'd expect from those two sides. Um, no, Mark. The Netherlands really fucking dug in in the first half. I thought they were fantastic. Mm-hmm. But they really just tired out in the second half. I was about half. to say, they just did not come out for the second half. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, just, I, I don't consider na- that. I think they were knackered, honestly. I think they really were. Maybe, yeah, but, I mean, Jesus Christ. The, the one of the things was the that... the final. Mm. Um, the... Uh, what's her name? I can't, her name's gone. The Netherlands coach. Uh, she actually changed up her formation for the, yeah, the World Cup which is that. the first time in the whole entire competition that she'd actually change anything the only other changes she'd made throughout the, is Berenstein and Van de Sandel yeah. and that was clearly based on form 
Yes, it was. And it was a case of Van der Sanden was only still getting back on because she's Van der Sanden. It's the name. It's like if Ronaldo wasn't performing for you, you're still going to put him into the team. Because of the possibility of him doing something. The yeah, XG, that's, as that's, it's called. Uh, whereas um, putting Bierenstein as a number nine, mm. the quick forward to run in behind, that worked on several occasions because they knew they were going to be on the... They were not going to be the dominant possession yeah. team. They it's, knew they were going to be defending and yeah. that was something that they're not used to doing they're used to going out and d- d- like it's like they're trying to lock pick the, the American side like they knew are. there was a there was a there was an issue between the two centre backs and if you can get between them because that's how Ellen White scored her goal yeah. um, in the semi-final so the, I, I recognise that that is a, a critical like a and it's a loud goal uh, yeah same kind of di- perfect same yeah um, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes mm-hmm. um, but as I said it's it made sense tactically to do it mm. and the problem was though didn't really stick to it um, maybe there wasn't enough time to do it maybe it was a, like a last minute switch or just like the match analysis just said no you have to go for this and no one listened to them until the last second mm. um, I don't know but um, yeah it's a, it's a pity because it was the first yeah. match that the USA didn't score <clears> in the first 15 minutes yeah like they held out exceptionally well and yeah. that was the kind of disappointing part was they weren't able to hold on and sustain the pressure as Neil was saying earlier on you have to sustain the pressure if you're going to get at them and um, the Rose to, Lavelle goal was yeah it was absolute, so good yeah. yeah I have to say uh, shout out to fucking Sam Mewis who I think was by far the best I, I know Rapinoe got mad the woman of the match but I I disagree with that I think Mewis was the better was the best player on the field there that, that night because every time the Netherlands tried to break Mewis was there doing the Lucas Leiva which mm. is the worst job in football to do which is yeah. basically beat the shithouse mm-hmm. but she was good at it she broke up play and she started passing back she was yeah. she was the she was converting ta- defence to attack mm-hmm. and in a way I think that's how Lavelle scored actually because she got the ball off Mews I think she moved it like to uh, I think it was to, to Dunn and then she sh- switched it back then to Lavelle I can't remember now it could be mixed up mm-hmm. games but either way like just by far the midfield was so like the actual class the difference in class in midfield once they know what they're doing, that was what was telling for me. Like mm-hmm. because they were both pretty much. They were, I think they were both running the same formation and towards the second half, and you could tell the difference between a team who knows what how to play a four three three and a team who should know, mm-hmm. but yeah. aren't. You yeah. know that was the difference for me. Overall, I think probably rightful winners of the World Cup. Oh, um, yeah, no, you know. that, that's fair, and it was a fair reflection on the match as mm. well for two. Like, I don't think they deserved anything more than two yeah. goal lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and Van Vienendal was exceptional. She was really good. Yeah, really, really good. I would say though, to, about the Dutch side, um, four years time next World Cup, I definitely have them probably in the final again because that team is only going to get better. They're probably, so young. They're, they're going to pip it in the Euros. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, no, now that being said, obviously, Phil Neville's going to figure out how women's football works. He's just going to win the whole competition. Yeah, sure. So, let's talk about our... <coughs> let's talk about VAR. I thought about as much of a response as it deserved. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, before we move on to VAR, right? Um, player to tournament. Oh, I, I have Crystal Dunn. Crystal Dunn? Yeah. Interesting choice. She is not a left-back mm. by trade. But she, and everyone presumed she would be the weak link of the USA. Like that's where we're gonna hit them. Yeah. She was absolutely unbelievable. Her in in the French match, they were bombing it down. Uh, her wing, every, like whether it was Cascarino, whether it was uh, uh, Diani. Yes. She had the better. Like they were in her pocket. Mm. It was unbelievable. Yeah, she's really good. Neil, Vandy Dow. Yeah, uh, goalie's got to stick together. <clears throat> no, she was just brilliant. I mean, like, 
the, probably one of the few members of the Dutch team who could walk out of that final were head yeah. held high. Going, I really literally did all I could do there, lads. Mm. You know, and the two goals she wasn't at fault for. No. Like she could like the pe- okay penalty, but actually on that, I'm <coughs> getting into the VAR. No, it's fine. Uh, it looked to me watching her. I know I've seen like she's a penalty stopper for Arsenal. Like you know, if usually she does concede the penalties herself, <laughs> um, but she like it was a good chance she'd save it. Like you wouldn't be all, like it's not like Peter Check for the Arsenal men. So yeah. like, oh, we've conceded a penalty. Well, there's a score for them. Mm-hmm. There's always a chance she was gonna save it. Mm-hmm. She's that good of a keeper. Yeah. Um, but it looked like she was so preoccupied by the the rule. The yeah. rule of the foot on the line that she didn't even get to move. No, and that and that's that, that really played into it. Because uh, I've never seen her not after. move for a penalty. Yeah, but that's the problem. See, and that it puts goalkeepers in such an awful position because I think there's only one goalkeeper I think that did really well with that rule. I think it was a Swedish keeper, Lindal. Lindal, and she just knew what to do. But she was able to stretch. Like that was the difference. She knew how to save on the line. Most well, keepers see, uh, tend to lunge. You know, with the women's game, now we need smaller goals. You know? Yeah, smaller lines as well, actually. Yeah. What, happen, what happens if you have a small men's goalkeeper? <laughs> Does he get women's goals? Mm. Well, I don't think that's how. It, well, it, with Jordan Pickford, in his case, he's got smaller. Doesn't count for men because there isn't actually a men's World Cup because of the feminist agenda. Yeah. <laughs> After all, as, we, as we all know, all men are bastards. Um, I also <laughs> have a goalkeeper a oh. as a uh, player determined, but it's the Chilean goalkeeper, Christian Edler. Mm. She was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um, she was really fucking brilliant. Maximised by the fact that she was in a team that really were bad. Uh, not, not, not kind of like, I, don't, I do feel bad for them because of the circumstances around it, but when he got to the World Cup, it really did show. But, like I think for me, if she wasn't in goal, every match that they would have had would have been like Thailand against yeah. USA because this Chilean team just could not click, could not get their shit together, and I do feel sorry for them in a way. But once you're well, once you're there, you have to. They lost four 0 didn't they? Or <coughs> they yeah, I think it was one of their. I think Sweden. the G- Sweden game. Yeah, yeah, they lost four 0 Oh, yeah. sorry, no Germany. Germany, yeah. yeah, Germany, and yeah, like she was the standout performer. I was like, mm. That's really bad if you're losing four 0 and your goalkeeper is the standout the, performer. There is yeah. also Schneider who played for Jamaica. Yeah, she was really good too. She like again, they lost by <coughs> quite a high score. Mm. But if she had not made the saves, like that would have been like a Thailand. Yeah. Overall, game. the goalkeeping was brilliant. This. this I season. think it's noticeable that there are high quality goalkeepers in this tournament. Four years ago, there was a big question mark of all these men coming up, being forced to watch the women's World Cup, complaining about the goalkeeping quality. Yeah. Like I don't want to watch goal. Like I don't want to watch a tournament where there's loads of goals. Like, Gammon Brigade there. Um, I want a nil all draw. <laughs> the purity. The purity. <laughs> the purity of the Pulis draw. Tunisian mm. um, football. Yes. But yeah, no, it was very, it's just obvious that there's like a lot of professionals now that are goalkeepers. And like they're very team. clearly coached as well. Yeah, and that's what you need. Yeah. You need goalkeeping coaching to have good goalkeepers. Exactly, and yeah. yeah. And your match of the tournament then? Uh, I was at the tournament. Okay. And... I was at the Scotland-Argentina match mm-hmm. and that was soul-crushingly exciting. Yeah. 
Um, but in like as I've mentioned before, the France Brazil match, I I. I think it could have been maybe, the, the, the best quality-wise. Maybe it was all the champagne I was drinking. <laughs> maybe it was... You maybe know, it was the moon in the night sky. Maybe it was the very handsome waiter that I had that was serving me the champagne. Uh, but Whether or not you asked for it or not. <laughs> I don't recall asking for it, but that also could be the champagne's fault. Uh, <laughs> that game... Keep it going. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm Take not talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I enjoyed that match. But I would say the Spain uh, USA match. Interesting. Okay, Neil. USA France. I'm gonna go with the. I the popular choice. I uh, was yeah, going I to have Brazil Australia oh. as my match of the seat of the of the tournament because there was just such a good story told there. Like Brazil was being kind of like pimped as like, oh, it's a, it's a Brazil team. Of course, they're gonna win. Did they fuck? <laughs> Australia rocked them and said, "Yeah, you cunts, fucking win this game, why?" And uh, yeah, it just blew the it blew the group wide open. Like the group Group C was a fantastic group. No, to match. that was they yeah. all ended on six points. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, but I'm not gonna go for that. I'm gonna go for Scotland and Argentina mm-hmm. because um, there's nothing more wonderful in football than seeing a team shit the bed. Unfortunately, and I know that as a Liverpool fan, you guys know it as a Spur- as as Arsenal fans watching Spurs, um, it just it's it's a wonderful sight to see. You know, I I know what it's like when we saw when Istanbul happened. I know what it was like when Istanbul happened. You know, you have to appreciate it when it happens to someone else, yeah. and unfortunately, it happened to Scotland. No, there's a bit there's a big thing uh, about football, like you know that you can't have that Sheldon Friday. Yeah, it's like not unbecoming of a football fan it's like fuck that shit every time Spurs shit that bad I am pissing myself laughing and I feel no worse for it I agree I completely agree if you can't take extreme enjoyment in a direct rival Mm. in a direct rival's downfall like sorry you're not a real fan yeah I'm sorry life is so challenging for you yeah, exactly. Um, and that's why I look forward to season next season so much. Um, so we're going to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we are going to be talking about VAR. FDS football podcast. That sure we'll go with that. Um, so last time we left you, we were talking about the women's world cup, and tangentially about that, we're going to be talking about VAR. I'm going to keep it sweet and simple. Are you after the women's world cup and the matches we've had therein, and the VAR calls we've had therein? Are we for or against VAR? No, I'm always for VAR. I always was. They just used it incorrectly. Like, if somebody staves somebody's skull in with a hammer, I don't want hammers banned. I just want nutcases not to have them. <laughs> you know, you don't blame that. Like, you don't... This is literally a poor workman blaming their tools. Yeah. We got given VAR, being able to see decisions from every fucking conceivable angle, uh, you know, and they're still making the wrong decisions. That's not VAR's fault, mm. you know? And also, they're implementing it totally correctly. 
the fact that the crowd only get to see VAR review. They don't get to see anything else. Like, I wouldn't even mind. I wouldn't mind all, like, if literally if soccer was the first sport to ever do this. Yeah. And this is just them kind of feeling their way in the dark. I'd be, not, well, yeah, I'd be okay with it. I'd be like, right, look, there's going to be teething paint. But other sports do it so much better. Why not just copy their ideas? Rugby's not going to turn around and go, oh, you're displaying the fucking decisions the way we do. You're good. They're not going to be able to sue us for copyright. Yeah. What the fuck? Do it the way they do it. It works perfectly. It keeps everybody calm. It's No, I'm always for VAR. I've always have been for VAR. It's just been used badly. Yeah. I... I would agree with that, that the VAR itself is not the problem. Mm. It was the implementation of new rules that some teams and audiences at home weren't briefed on. Mm -hmm. I'm saying some teams weren't, because clearly Cameroon were not briefed on any of the rules. I don't think you could brief them on new rules, really. Yeah, um, there's no point in briefing them on the new rules when they haven't gotten a grasp of the old ones. <laughs> They're still do, back in 1990. Do not maim your opponent. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, the the foot, the keeper's foot off the line. No, no I fucking hate that. Like, that's, that's, no. That's that is a rule that shouldn't be there. In some capacity, yes, the keeper shouldn't be able to come out and mm. rush the, you know, like, narrow the angle no, that but much. But having a foot off the line, like, for the Argentina Scotland match, Lee Alexander made a phenomenal save that I do not think her centimetre being off the line helped her in any way. No. Even a centimetre off the line. I don't even think, but I think that's what they were giving it as a reason. It's fucking nuts. Now, it, initially, right, because I used to see this quite a lot with goalkeepers, is that the the, the, the penalty goalkeeper used to actually leap out. Yeah. Now, I mean, they'd the be half. Yeah, Judic used to do it all the time. Yeah, he that was to, his thing. He was like a foot and a half away from the fucking line. That's how we. Like, that's how we got the Champions League from him, just basically yeah. trying to slide tackle Shevchenko. Exactly. <laughs> well, for, as he's taking the penalty, yes. like he's like, ah, oh, there's no rule against me slide tackling the fucking penalty taker. I'm the only other player in the box. Fucking, who else is going to tackle him? You know, that's that's what that was designed to stop. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. It's a horrible advantage you get because you've. You massively cut down on the amount of goals, and also seeing the goalkeeper coming towards you tends to freak out the penalty player, the penalty taker. Yeah, but fucking hell, like I mean, when you're literally going, you are two blades of grass. Yeah. Off the line. Yeah. Where you take it, fuck you. Especially when they're not, they're not uh, looking at the other lines. As in, you're not enforcing the other line. So, for instance, uh, I encroachment fly the other players behind the penalty taker. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy fuck, like, what is the, they're rushing the box into the box, like, <coughs> fucking orc army. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, no, if you're not, if you're going to stop the goalkeeper coming off their line, stop everybody else crossing the box line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting. I have a stat here that <laughs> there, the, the 27 attack. referees teams um, that took part in the World Cup mm-hmm. went through VAR training, which consisted of four seminars. For a 55 hours of training, practical and simulator, and two and a half matches. Like, two and a half, two and a half matches. Two and a half matches. Is what they got to practice on. So which I, which I, half? I, <laughs> I don't is know. Is that even a relevant it, question to be asking? Clearly <laughs> the first half, because because all the VAR calls happened in the uh, second. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, oh, now it's my time to shine. Um, Seal the deal, Gil. There was the deal. 535 incidents checked uh, on VAR, and 33 of them went to review. Hmm. So, out of all the World Cup, it seems to be the biggest talking point, but there was only 33 times where it went to review where the key, the 
referee had to go check. But granted, they are all like penalty shouts or offsides. So the, actual goal scoring as well. situations. Like, take a look at other sports. They don't do that in other sports. The referee mm. doesn't have to go to the side. You've got two big fuck off screens. Use them. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, in the crowds, all we saw was a big banner that said bar, bar, bar review. review. Might as well say here. And then, like, the wouldn't even tell us, like, was For it? What? what's yeah. happening, yeah. And then it would flash up a possible penalty or possible offside or possible foul in build up. Mm. But that would only come in maybe 30 seconds mm. in, and you're still going, what the fuck? Um, yeah, out of those 33 reviews, only four of them stuck. Mm. So, of the original uh, referee's decision. Mm. Everything else was changed, and all of them were. Um, the topic of the VAR review was goal, penalty, 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 goal, penalty, 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 <laughs> red card, goal, penalty, penalty, goal, penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so big calls, uh, but how many of them, I put to the two of you, mm. would have been let go had it not been for these new rules? Well, another, <coughs> well, first off, um, like Ellen White's offside goal would have been let, would have been, like, without VAR, that yeah. would have been stood. Now, she was a whisker offside, I'll have to admit. So, by the letter of the law, she was actually offside. But, without VAR, there's no way you caught that. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, you're like, oh, well, should they be given the benefit of the doubt? I don't really think you should be talking about the benefit of the doubt when it comes to, like, mm. apl- application of the rules. They either... Well, do what I did don't. But like I said, even then with the Cameroon squad, we go back to that Cameroon game. Those were all the VAR co- all the VAR calls were legit. Mm. They were all correct. Yeah, that was one of the few games I'd say where VAR did its job properly, and not even that, but was actually used correctly. Yeah, you know, they're probably the only thing the ref did correctly. That one. Well, see, other than yeah, my yeah, thoughts, my thoughts on a word that I kind of. It, I wouldn't say it's the it's the one downside from the tournament because overall like this is the kind of my first time watching the World Wins World Cup to completion because the last time I kind of like got to the group stages and then kind of forgot about it that was four years ago I'm a bit different person now um, I've but changed, I've grown but the fact is it's also on TV it's on fucking Eurosport like you're able to see it now but the difference is that every game was about Verdun every game was about like it, it, it added so much in a get in a in a technology that was supposed to take out the uncertainty it was like 100% this is what happened it's added yeah, more uncertainty used, used properly it doesn't do that. I was about to qualify this there's nothing wrong inherently with the idea of the technology it's how it's been implemented yeah. and how it's and the way it's divided between the referee and the boffins that are watching the screens I want to use an analogy here, actually, and I'm going to use one from Formula One, because at the start of the season, Charlie Whiting, who was the race director for decades, like literally about 55 years, probably one of the best minds in motor racing at this point, died very, very suddenly at the start of the season. And this leaves a big power vacuum in Formula One because every decision went to Charlie. Like, literally, drivers are on the radio going 180 miles per hour, 5G's running out going, talk to Charlie, he tried to push me off track. And that was the power he had. And the difference with his was his one great superpower in this world was discretion. Mm. He was able because he was a racer himself. He knows what like racers are like. They're all hyper masculine, fucking little boys in their big toys. He knows how they work. He knows how they function. He knows how to talk to them and, and talk them down off the cliffs they're on. He can apply discretion, and he says that to the stewards. It was very autocratic, but that's what Formula One is. It's it's always been autocracy in that sense. But since he died. Various other gimps have had to take his place. 
now it's a committee. Now it's like 10 stewards and one racing driver. And that one racing driver has to explain the perspective of the racing driver to the stewards, who are not racers. Mm. They're officials. They're marshals. They're whatever they are. They're, they're suits in this, in this situation. So <clears throat> in the Canadian the Grand Prix... Yes, and in the in the Canadian Grand Prix, Vettel had a, got a very harsh penalty, in my opinion, given to him for defending his position in a race. It meant he get it, got a time penalty and lost the race, and everyone was furious. I would have reckoned that if Charlie was still alive, Vettel would have got the benefit of the doubt here because he knows. Listen, you're racing at like full speed here. You're trying to defend your post. It's only human to go fuck you, yeah. basically. But Stewart's go, no, that's illegal. The rules say this. And they have to. They will go by the rule book because they don't know what it's like to be a racer. I want to direct that more to VAR, where you. I think you should. The, the rules are to me are like too black and white. If, if you're offside by a nanometer, you're offside. No, it's not like that because when you're running, and I'm sure you'll all agree, we've all played football at some level. I broke my leg the last time I played, but however, I think it still works at some stage. Like. Even if you are a millimeter off slide, that's not like a millimeter is not an advantage. A centimeter is an advantage. Mm-hmm. An inch is an advantage. You're literally. It depends on where you stop the tape. Whatever, whatever, whichever frame you end. And I'm talking to the video editor here. Frames are a very big deal. Like one frame you're off slide, one frame you're not. Mm-hmm. So at which point then are you saying, well, the ball was played to her at this frame? Was it now? What would look at the other frame when it wasn't played to her? Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's too black and white. I don't think the referees and I don't think the officials have a general idea of what constitutes a VAR call because it's literally anything that's game-changing. So it's literally like but any goal, that, that, any offside, any penalty shout. Yeah, isn't that then and your argument then towards not so much VAR or that? I want but VAR isn't. scrapped as it is right now and we've completely revised. Isn't that then your argument then is towards maybe the offside rule needs to be changed? I would in say, order to yeah, say to accommodate that, VAR, yes. No, in order to accommodate whether or not the player has an advantage or not. Because that would say, to be the crux of your, your argument there with saying a millimetre is not an advantage. Um, can I jump in? Yeah, go with, for it. Uh, Martins had an offside that <coughs> didn't go to anything in the match, but mm. I think it was against Japan. But literally, what was offside was her hair. That shouldn't count. Like that should that, not like, count. When you looked at it, like her, my hair is too short to cut it. But it, 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 she's it a ponytail. This is also a non-visual media. Yeah, <laughs> it was for your benefit more so. Yeah, that her hair had flicked in a way that it was in front of her right? somehow. Like yeah. come and, on, like it was given as an offside, and literally the only part of her that was offside was her hair, hmm. and she didn't kind of there was no VAR kind of. No var call on it. You no. know, yeah, like no var call on that, and there was no. But how do you how do you rule again after an offside? Like, there, there is no rule saying, oh, if an offside is incorrectly called, what's the decision? Do you get a well, free kick? Do you get a free well, ball? What is well, it? What was it? What was they said that they would let, if there was any doubt, mm. if the, sorry, if the linesman had any doubt, yeah. the linesman, lines people, yes. whatever, if they, if they had any doubt, they were to let the play run and inform the ref, oh, I'm not sure if she was Which is now the new rule, because now they have to flag up all the time someone's offside and then go down. So yeah. they're basically like, all they made a linesman at this stage, yeah. yeah. Which I, which by the way, I actually okay. I'm okay. I'm with. okay with that as well. Let the play run. Don't break up yeah. the play, because then you'll have people like, oh well, you know, I was on there. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd have mm. been one on one. Had you not fucking raised your flag like a fucking hypochondriac? I think that I, I think what's happened is the women's World Cup was almost certainly used as a guinea pig yeah. to see how far VAR can go in terms of fucking up games. Because the Premier League have come out and said we're going to be a lot more lax 
But and they're absolutely her. right to because the Premier League know where this is going to go. Literally every game they're going Jesus to have, God. every all 380 games is Jesus. all going to be based off of our Christ, that handball rule. Fuck me. That, Who thought that up? Whoever thought that up should be fired out of a can. Agreed. 100% agreed. And I'm talking about someone who benefited from a Champions League win because of that yeah. rule. I don't like that rule. It no. makes no sense. And especially, and this is where I go back to it, the one thing I would do as revise, <laughs> as revise VAR, right, I would not allow them to use slow-mo. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why because it's, what, distortionary, it's yeah. distortionary and it's you can't see it in real time no one should be able to see it slow motion because every frame gives you a different context like as a video editor I could like turn this around so that Rachel says I like fag balls you know it's that's the way it go you can change the context of anything what? once you have no but you can you, you can do that you can just like fiddle about with it until you get the truth you want really so if anything I think like VAR has made it, made football more of a fix I like <laughs> now you've ruined it. Yeah. But, but he doesn't need to edit. No. But, yeah. but my point is, it's made it seem more fake now because you can just contrive a VAR call. Yeah. The one that really sticks out in my mind is the one in the USA-Spain game where, like, Lavelle very clearly dives. Oh, sorry, it was Morgan. No, it was Lavelle. It was Lavelle, sorry. I'm getting my dives mixed up. But Lavelle very clearly dived. Absolutely 100% died. There's no, no old girls that you can see it in real time, you can do it in slow motion, but the rule says if there's contact, it's a penalty. That's the no, thing as well. no, 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 contact. no. I actually thought, like, I actually got, the, I, sorry, no, the, in ladies' game of football, it's classed as a non contact sport. <laughs> okay? Which is funny, if anything. Ladies' game of football. Ladies' yeah. game football is classed as a non contact sport. You don't want to mess up their hair and their shoes. <laughs> have, you, have you told the ladies this? <laughs> well, Speaking from the masses of bruises and crushed ACL injuries I've had, like it is 100% a contact sport. You cannot have a team sport like football that mm. isn't contact. It just ended up like, like basketball. Like ladies, daily football has a rule that it's meant to be absolutely no contact. There's no way, like if VAR came in to pick up on any contact, yeah. literally everyone would be standing still on the pitch mm-hmm. about a foot away from each other and just trying to intercept bad passes. Like That's in, how the match would work. Literally, and in, the instant the ref throws the ball in, it's in the VAR call. Yeah. Two seconds in. Well, um, and that, like that's that, nothing that, but VAR as well, by the way. That's like, okay, in football, there mm. is contact allowed and it's actually written into the rules that there mm. is contact allowed. Yes. It's not non-contact. So if someone falls over as a result of contact, as in a fair shoulder or a fair nudge, yeah, that's you know that's not a free mm. whereas what happened there was Lavelle had lost control of the ball taken and two or three steps after and the kicked fact. it away from goal as well yeah like, it was no longer and, a goal scoring opportunity and fell over as a result of falling over as a result of tripping over someone's foot yeah or tripping over someone's leg like that is not mm. like even if that was a tackle that was mistimed mm. and like that wasn't even the case this mm-hmm, was a yeah. case where she hit her own leg into someone else's leg Made contact, yeah, and fell over. Yeah, I think my old, my old goalkeeping coach told me a great acid test for a dive is ask yourself, would that player have fallen over if they had been carrying a baby? Mm. Oh. And just ask them, would you have fallen over if they had been carrying a child? Would they have fallen over? Interesting. That is a good one. Yeah, that and is. I think in that one, only Ronaldo would probably dive. Yeah, <laughs> he's a murderous sociopath. <laughs> but <clears throat> but here's the thing: it's another thing about VAR is that it's kind of it's missing a lot of stuff that I think you'd want like video replay for. 
like there was a lot of like and fucking niggly stuff like like elbows and, and headbutts and stuff like that that just far just went well sorry it wasn't in the penalty box I'm no, sorry the no referee way. getting shoved over by a Cameroonian player you know what I mean yeah but that's so, <laughs> but not even <clears throat> first of all that's because the ref had no authority which is another big problem with the VAR is that now VAR overrules everything the ref does the ref can't just go but the, come on but, in a, but like, another game but this is what I'm saying about another sport in rugby the ref has supreme authority. Yeah. In fact, if you talk, nobody else. Out to, first off, this is what you need to do: bring in a rule where only captains can talk to the ref. Yeah, I'd, I'd be on board with that. Uh, I discovered when I lived, I moved when I moved to Canada and Vancouver, and I got into ice hockey. Mm. I discovered I got I bought a, <coughs> a, a captain's jersey. Yeah, had, they have the C written on there because the armbands wouldn't really work because they they look like NASCARs. Yes, and there's an A as well. Mm. And I was like, oh, who? It's the A. It's the, oh, the A is the alternate, what they call a vice captain. Yeah. Now, they can do that because if your goalkeeper's the captain, he can't go out and talk to the ref. Sure. So the alternate is allowed to talk to the ref. And I was like, but why do, why do that? I was like, oh, because you're not allowed to speak to the ref unless you're one of those two. Mm. You, you were not allowed to speak to the ref. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. <coughs> yeah, that's and good it's, idea, si- yeah. it's similar in rugby. If you are yeah. not the captain, you don't talk to the ref unless he's talking to you. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a rule you need to bring in. If you don't have the armband on, get the fuck it, out of the I think it should also, not be allowed going It also has to be explicitly written that the ref has the final call. Because in so many cases, VAR was no, the No, no, just, just turn around and say, <clears throat> if, you, if you are not spoken to by the ref and you speak to the ref, it's a yellow card. Straight up. There mm. is a rule in hockey. Um, and I, it's kind of along the same lines mm. that like, if managers are given a ref abuse, yeah. they have a green card rule. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so if you know if someone's given the, they go up to the captain of the team that the manager's given abuse and they're sent off for 10 minutes yeah uh, so like you know and then if you know like he doesn't calm down then it's yeah. another 10 minutes in, 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 in ice hockey now if the, the goalkeeper does uh, if the goalkeeper has a, like a suspe- does a suspension uh, penalty they send one of the outfield players off because the goalkeeper, the, the goalkeeper is such a vital thing yeah. because they've got all the equipment and it takes a long time for them to get off the rink. Yeah. They just send one of the outfield players off. <laughs> the goalkeepers actually can't get sent off. and They could be taken off by the yeah. coach, but they can't be sent off. Mm. They send one of the outfield players off. So overall, this, the kind of outcome we're getting from this VR debate is that it, like the in theory makes complete sense to have it and it's only right to have it no, but, they, but they it's just it, it's also exposing a lot of rules that have always been there yeah. but now are implemented okay, by yeah. people outside it, of it, the realm so it was implemented it, cack handedly mm. yeah like the new handball rule that's a new rule ridiculous terrible ridiculous rule the goalkeeper on the line that has been only implemented now that they have VAR to kind of check up on it which I think is a bad I, I don't like that rule at all um, sure Ireland had that big whole thing in the penalty shootouts Ireland under 20s had oh, a yeah, shootout yeah. the goalkeeper got sent off yeah. didn't he yes he did and um, lost he, world. that was a final yeah he'd been he'd been booked prior in the match uh, I don't know what for and he got a second yellow for uh, Coming off which isn't actually one. which isn't actually written in the rules no, yeah. just went like no yeah no yeah. Um, we weren't, you're not allowed to win mm-hmm. so yeah like um, like Neil was saying like I like the rugby the way rugby is done I think this was implemented in every other sport better so than better. football. But wasn't that a case that there are so many people in FIFA that were against bringing in this Yeah, I think they deliberately made it shit That they, they yeah. did the worst possible version of it so they can be like, ha, I'm right, no, let's but go back to... Not even that, but the, even the, the World Cup in Russia 
I thought VAR did pretty well there because it wasn't so overarching. Like it wasn't like it, it was there. It was like kind of a novelty. It's like, ooh, we have to go to VAR. It's a penalty, way. Yeah. But it's completely opposite in the women's World Cup because one, I don't think the referees had the same authority as the men's men ref- two, male referees. It was massively overused. Nick massively Nick overused, I, and it was applying the same three rules over it, and over it was, again. It was weird. They're so bad. It was weird because it, it crossed over. It was both overused and not used enough. Yeah. Yeah. But there was, so there was, like, I think Frappard was the only ref that actually used VAR correctly yeah. and said, the, okay, I'll final, use this. In Get the that final, she, teach was, everybody. Yeah, yeah. she was so good. And she like we were in a pub watching it and my boyfriend was like, oh, this ref, we've seen her, like, you know, ref a load of games. And I was like, yeah, that's because she's fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was so, like... What was the ref in the Scotland-Argentina game, the Korean woman? Oh she God. was terrible. She, she was like, so like, bad. She, it was absolutely farcical, like watching her. Like it was farcical. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a. It that is exactly what it is now. It's a farce. Um, Thank you. That's. I think yeah. that's that's kind of it. I, I'm glad that Premier League are only going to have it there. Yeah. And they're not going to implement some of these daft rules because they know they like they a lot like, of them are have, footballers. You'd football have heads. people who are going to aim for the like. It's, they're not going to teach defenders to tr- like defend balls yeah. with their hands tucked into their shirts behind their backs. No. Which is apparently the only natural way to defend. Well, no, it, it'll be arms behind their backs now is the next the thing. problem is, is a lot of Spanish I wouldn't even mind, but one of the things I heard Roy Keane, Roy Keane was going on a rant one time at Manchester right, United. Shock, shock horror, shock yeah. Horror, you know, strap yourselves in for this. Mm. But he was going on a rant at a Manchester United defender. Can't remember who it was. But he was, a tr- he was attempting to tackle an oncoming player with his hands behind his back. And he was like, if you've got your hands behind your back, you've got no balance. Like if that sounds player like, that, sounds like Phil Jones, that that player can just run around you. Yeah. I was like, but putting your hands behind your back doesn't do anything to you. You're mm. Like, fuck it. Like it's like you're not going to be able to move properly. You, yeah. you basically just handicap yourself. You might as well fucking tuck one of your legs in behind there as well. Mm. You know, and that's just the thing. So like, we may have gotten slightly off the VAR debate there because. Like you said, VAR just highlighted a lot of the stupid rules in soccer that need to go. And the uh, the stupid rules, but I think there's no discretion. There's no grey air. Like like football is in that situation where, you know, you do have rules that have to be written yeah. in a way black and white. But you know, there is a human aspect to it as well. Like and also, uh, you have to have perspective here. You can't also, have people outside of the game going well. Yeah. Well, maybe did well. But also, no, you have to rules consider, have to say this. But the thing is, the things with rules, you have to consider in whether or not the offence is caused an advantage mm. to the opposition player Ellen White for example in the game against the USA yeah. right like the offside where her toe was offside yeah. how the fuck is that an advantage exactly I wouldn't even mind or, she's or, actually, or when the ball hits her arm yeah. how's that she's, she's actually not like, She's. I think she was facing the same way as the defender <laughs> she was just like a eighth of a step backwards yeah. she still had to turn around and run for that fucking ball mm. much like the defender the fastest no, forward you're going to get she's not Usain like, Bolt yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it oh. makes yeah. she may be able to see through time, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that was it. She's not allowed to use her fucking time vision. Yeah, well, that, that is fair. Like yeah, I think that, that is that, cheating that, a bit. Fair, yeah. Yeah. That's it. yeah. Okay, so well, the verdict debate is that um, I guess inconclusive, but it's it, no, mean, it, was, it means it, well, but has to be done. Our right. decision needs to go to VAR. Yeah, <laughs> and it says penalty. <laughs> ah, for fuck's sake. Handball. handball. For handball. Right. So, uh, new segment time, guys. Woo! So, this is... Um, I'm going to have a jingle for this, don't worry. But this is the transfer guff. <laughs> no, I don't need your jingle. I've got a jingle for this. It's fine. Okay. So, the, the transfer, transfer guff... Transfer guff! 
I made you one there. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, to we be made fair, shit on the spot for clicks. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I believe, the Sport Bible um, <laughs> jingle, but however. Sport Bible, that's, a, that's their fucking terms of business. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they make money. Oh. So, what I have here, I have three transfer stories, right? Okay. Two of them are real. Ooh. They're from actual publications. One I've made up inspired by my FIFA save file, and I've added someone. <laughs> the word publication has to do a lot of work there. In one case, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to give you the three stories. Okay. I want you to digest them. Percolate them and tell me which one is the one from FIFA. Uh, so, transfer guff story number one. Globus Sporte is reporting that Diego Costa has agreed terms with Wolverhampton Wanderers for a permanent transfer worth £23.5 million. Pounds. That's after the arrival of Joe Felix. Uh, arriving for £128 million and a few other forwards obviously for Atletico Madrid Diego Costa is basically too old for that team because they're doing a whole you know culture change at the club so and crucially Diego Costa's agent is Jorge Mendes so he uh, potentially off the Wolves for that uh, fee transfer of story number two but that just sounds like Jorge Mendes signing Jorge Mendes it's essentially or signing a Jorge Mendes player yeah sorry okay James Pierce from the Liverpool Echo is reporting that West Ham have money waiting to bid for James Milner. Now West Ham are in for a midfielder from Ibar called Joan, Joan Jordan, right? Defensive midfielder, scrappy type, and they've offered thirty million pounds for this I'll player. Trust him, he's got two first names. The problem is though they can't agree on personal terms. They've agreed a fee with the club. But uh, they can't get the personal term sorted for Jordan, so... Why, because he wants to star in some pornos? I think so. I mean, so. let's face it, that's a pretty porno name. Yeah, well, you, you might want to raise that with the player themselves. But um, <laughs> but the plan is, essentially, if the deal falls through for Jordan, they're going to just put the cheeky bid in for James Milner, £13 million. They haven't even thought about personal terms for Milner yet. Just offer the club Liverpool £13 million and oh, see how you go. Indeed. Tetley? Yorkshire tea, man. What the fuck's wrong with you? Is he actually from Yorkshire? You fucking infidel. Holy shit, man. Is he from Yorkshire? Yes. Is he? Well, you could not, goes you could not get that square head and not be from Yorkshire. I don't know. I just thought he fell into a like, box of Lego when he was younger. No, he is the box of Lego. Ah. Yeah. So yes, so the transfer story too is James Miller to West Ham. And transfer story number three is from The Sun. And they're reporting... What, what are you doing on The Sun? <laughs> Sorry, the scum, bigger burden, um, are reporting that Juventus has scouts out during the Toulon tournament, um, which is the under-21s like summer oh, yeah. tournament for like France, England, all those other tournaments, and they were scouting Burnley's Dwight McNeil, who had a fantastic tournament apparently, I don't know, I wasn't there, um, and they are keeping an eye on him. However, Burnley have set their evaluation for Juventus and other clubs of their ilk for £30 million if they want to sign Dwight McNeil. So... I'll review those stories again. Diego Costa to Wolves, according to Globus Sporte. James Miller to West Ham, according to James Pierce at Liverpool Echo. Or Dwight McNeil to Juventus, according to the Scum. I'm going to go for the Milner one. That's, that's, the, that's the BS one. I'm go I was going to say that one, but just to be antagonistic to Neil, I'm going to go with the Sun. You're going to go with uh, to wiping the Juventus? Yeah. Okay. It's a ridiculous amount of money for someone I've never heard of. <laughs> but to be fair, 50 million for Sean Long staff, it's not really uh, unheard of. Again, never. still mm, never yeah. heard of him. <laughs> so first of all, I can tell you that 
David Costa Wolves is a real story that is apparently happening. <laughs> However, West Ham have entered the race along with Everton. There are three clubs bidding for David Costa at the minute. However, West Ham apparently are slipping out because they've signed someone else called Sebastian Haller. So, essentially, it's between Wolves and Everton, and it looks like Diego Costa is going to Wolves. That is a genuine story. It potentially is happening. It's not happening. It's, it's so not happening. The other real story is from The Sun. <laughs> and Juventus apparently scouting Dwight McNeil from Burnley. What the fuck? After, the, after his fantastic performances at the Toulon tournament. Oh, and sounds my, real story, my fake story taken from FIFA was when I sold James Miller to West Ham I for said, £13 million. Pounds. I, to be fair, <laughs> I agreed with Neil, but I just wanted to go against I love, him. I love how I made up that one in particular. Well, because being a contrarian bitch gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that feminist agenda. <laughs> I, see, I love that one myself because um, I used um, in, in his name in vain, our article, oh, yes. uh, James Pierce, because he no longer works at the Liverpool Echo. Uh, so if you knew that, you would have known it was bullshit. So I, I'm, I'm quite I proud of how that works. I the name because I remember you telling us that he was your ornacle. Yeah, if anything, I think he's a better. I know this is going to be a hot take, but in Liverpool Twitter circles and Reddit circles, he's a bigger ornacle than the ornacle. Why? The, the, because the, of the David, Photoshop. No, David Ornstein can't actually do his job. It actually impacts his job. <laughs> I remember listening to an interview that he was giving one time, and people were talking to him, and mm. he was just like. Anytime I tweet anything non-Arsenal related, because he has to, because yeah. he's a sports journalist, he mm-hmm. doesn't work for Arsenal. But see, James Pierce is <laughs> like, strictly Liverpool. It's just nothing yeah. but non-Arsenal, mate, non-Arsenal, mate, He was covering Wimbledon yeah. last few days, and then literally any Wimbledon thing, it was like, this isn't Arsenal. <laughs> Announced Tierney already. Still <laughs> <laughs> not Wimbledon. <laughs> anyway, another new segment, because this podcast is probably going out. <laughs> this is The Hand of Cod. <laughs> so... Uh, Q Eamon Duffy Jingle here. This fella in that though is a cop. I don't care what he's going I thought he, yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Lord Lippin, he's the guy who ran away and left his life for a young one. No, no, no. So, the Hand of Cod is our celebration of ineptitude over the last couple of weeks, whenever, whenever, whichever like re- time we have during podcasts, where we pick one person or an entity or a body or anything that's got on our tits, who's a spoofer, who's a nothing player, who's a stage door Johnny, anyone who just says, listen lads, this guy's shit. And we have to acknowledge and we have to celebrate the fact that he's a cod, Bill. So, who would like to submit their cod onto the co- onto the uh, kitchen table here? Oh, first, because we've already mentioned him, fuck Antoine Griezmann. Oh! <laughs> Griezmann! No, well, yeah, actually, yeah, fuck him. And fuck Neymar too as well. Okay. Actually, fuck most players who don't actually fulfil their proper contracts and decide that throwing a strop on the sidelines means that, So, So know. what are we throwing in this category here? We've got Neymar, we've got Griezmann, we've got Pogba. Yeah. Well, actually, Pogba hasn't, maybe? Well, no. See, Pogba hasn't actually refused to play for United, although if he did, that would actually be good for United. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like, just why? I mean, I don't get where the players get their inflated sense. In particular with Neymar, because I know he probably lives in this massive egotistical bubble, but it's very obvious that teams without him are yeah. better without him. Absolutely, like, yeah. Brazil pretty much only won the Copa America this year. For the first time in twelve years, yeah, yeah, it's the first, first time, time. It's the first time the Brazil team have actually had their shit together. Yeah, why? They didn't have him settling the fucking votes. <laughs> didn't have him fucking everything up by going past the ball to me all the time. It was actually the first time they didn't have like a cult of personality around Neymar. It was about Allison and yeah. Firmino and Fabinho and all these like really good players yeah, that they have. It's, it's almost as if it was about the team, not the individual. Right? Oh! <laughs> What Similar with Griezmann as well. If you're putting out documentaries... <laughs> yes, yes, yes! It's so bad! Putting out documentaries it's such a bad idea. I love it. About your decision to stay with the team, only to to up sticks after your bizarre fucking... Hour-long uh, docu- se- like hour adventure long of self-discovery. Nah, I'm not going. To then <laughs> wait until after your release clause drops by 80 billion, to then go, oh, well, I'm not going to show up for pre-season. And I thought, what the fuck? In particular, it was hilarious with Neymar because it was like he's got his family members obviously coming out to defend him going, oh, well, he had prior engagement with his foundation. He has a charitable foundation that and he runs in Brazil. <laughs> and PSG are like, well, yeah, we knew about them, but we didn't let him go. <laughs> like, knowing about uh, uh, something happening, <laughs> yeah. knowing about something happening and giving permission for him to go there. Very different things. Very two different things. <laughs> you can't just... Like, and that's the thing, like... That's how much of a prima donna Neymar is. Mm. PSG are sick of him. Yeah. They don't want him anymore. Even the fucking, like, the club president and the director of football have all come out and gone, if somebody gives us the right offer, he can go. Even the, the club president, uh, Al Nasser. Al Kafari. Al Kafari. I said, we don't want players like this anymore. You know? And that's the thing. Like, he's got nobody to kick against in that fucking Paris Saint-Germain team because the only other person he can kick against is Mbappe. And they fucking love Mbappe. Yeah. Primarily, be- yeah. primarily because he's from Paris. Mm. He's he is one of their own. Yes. Who the fuck is Neymar? And they don't, they just don't like him anymore. You know. And this this is the thing. It was that exact shit, which is why Emery left. Why Emery was just like, Nah, here, get the fuck out of here. This, this guy is just too much. Mm. And now they're talking about Barcelona taking him back. Not gonna happen. No. <laughs> just not gonna they're happen. Why would you want? You know. I'm mean, like, how many? Realistically, how many clubs on the planet can afford him? Three. I'd say Real, Barca, and PSG. I, I maybe Manchester United. Maybe Man United actually. Man United could probably afford him. Mm. But that's it. Uh, so like, but even Man United are not thick enough to go for Neymar. I would hope. Jesus, don't doubt to me now. No, they can't. They couldn't. Are you could sure? They? No, this is this uh, is Ed Woodward. They're thick enough. They're thick enough to go for Bale. This is not Neymar. This is Ed Woodward now. <laughs> seal the seal the deal, Ed Woodward. What? Seal the deal, Ed. Seal the deal. 145 million up front and 55 million a year. Seal the deal. Does he come with rust protection? Oh, no, Ed. Don't ask questions now before they sign. During the break, we were trying to figure out a voice for Ed Woodward. I was hoping yeah, he sounds... actually none of us know what he sounds like. No, because I don't think he ever spoke. No. I don't think he can speak. No. But I was I was thinking he sounded like Barney Rumble. Yeah. But no, that one's no, far yeah. better. Like. But that's, that's the thing as well. And Griezmann as well. If you're putting out documentary saying, I'm going to stay, then you leave. Mm. Come on. I mean, what planet do you occupy where you don't think, oh, this might be a little hypocritical? Hmm. Yeah, you know, and yeah. then just to just up sticks and refuse to play, like come and like get off, come on. Yeah. Off. So so Neil's um, cods of the week then are uh, Neymar and Griezmann. Yep. Yep. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to put Pogba in there, but that's for entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to. I have a cod this oh. week, um, and it's a fellow by the name of Jack Hickman. Now you might not know who Jack Hickman is, unless you're a Coventry City fan, because Jack Hickman. Hello, both of you. Is a very silly boy. The reason he's a very silly boy is because he has been transfer listed and fined two weeks' wages, um, basically because he said fuck Coventry City while on holiday in Ibiza. And I'm just going to play the video now. <laughs> Oh my god, his moustache is horrible. Yeah. Ten bags in three days. <laughs> so cringy, isn't it? He, he did the damn cocaines. He did them cannabises. Cannabises. His pockets are heavy. God, oh, man. look at the gold chain! Is that, oh, that's fucking... This is like lethal amounts of cringe, isn't it? Oh, I actually think my bones are cringing right now. My skeleton actually wants to recede into itself. Face on Rachel is so priceless. Oh, it's just, yeah. This is what this is what men are like. Yeah, this, this, this is a, this is lads. This is lads, lads, lads. lads. lads, lads. Oh, Everything you thought about lads men. That's lads spelled with a Z. Yeah. At the end. Look, his Snapchat has nothing on Ashlyn Harris's. That's, so that's inspirational. Yeah, that's that's, that's different. That's not. So I want to just drag your attention to the fact that that is a that is someone trying to like show off their wealth. Um, his pockets are big. Pockets are heavy, mate. Pockets are heavy, heavy, mate. I've got a gold chain. I've done drugs. He's gone through ten He plays in League Two (laughs) for Coventry City. In all fairness, you'd want to go through ten bags in three days. He grew up in Coventry. (laughs) He's one of their own, and he just said, fuck Cov. (laughs) Because his pockets are heavy. Pockets are heavy, mate. See, that's a boy. That's a, that's not a man. It's a boy <laughs> who thinks he's a lot bigger than the club, of and course. that's no. that is the the stereotypical shit footballer that's out there now. Mm-hmm. Like your Neymar, look kind of not too far away from your conversation with Neymar and Griezmann. <laughs> he's trying to do the same thing, but for fucking League yeah. Two, for Coventry City. Yeah, but Neymar's like that because he's got a, at least he, Neymar has a fucking Champions League medal. Yeah, he's point. got a shit tash. Yeah, that, that's what he really got. Really shit tash. Really shit tash. And his impression of like doing the cocaine yeah. is so cute. It's just like, oh, look, see, uh, I did them drugs. Uh, uh. Oh man, just so that that was that was just wonderful. Like that was that was so cathartic. It's just like, yeah, you fucked up, son, and now you're losing your job. Yeah, 
and I hope you get paid nothing in the sweet, delicious division that is conference Let's see how, let's see how heavy his pockets are now. Indeed. <laughs> Rachel, what is your cod of the week? The fucking FAI. Now, be aware, this is an FAI sans John Delaney, who I fucking despise. Yeah. Um, like the, the reason why I have not chosen him is because he would literally every single week would be my <laughs> card of the week. Yeah, I think that's like that's like a, your your kind of calib- that you calibrate to John Delaney. Like that's week, your goal. Standard. And every week would just be me with just fresh reams of horseshit dump <laughs> on his fucking bloated slug like face. So Neil, what has John Delaney done this week? Well, actually, I think you find he took I think a massive. Fi- no, I think you'll find that he managed to survive it. <laughs> <laughs> And my crossbow bolts. Yeah, yeah. I can't get one with a good enough range. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing about them. So the FAI (laughs) sans John fucking Delaney. Yeah. uh, Failed to agree terms with uh, Colin Bell, who Mm. was the manager was the manager of the senior women's team, and what he was looking for as part of his new contract was investment in the game to provide pathways for more girls mm. to play for the senior national team. Foolish fool to think the FAI would give him money. And they were like, nah, can we not just give you more money? And he's like, no, I'd rather get less money and put some money into developing the game in the country. They're like, no, we just want to pay you more money. Like, we will pay you more money. And he This is like, how we operate. Mm. We like, just pay you you just deal with the team that you have right now and don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. There'll be someone. There'll be someone willing to put on a green jersey there for you. You'll be grand. Yeah. And the Huddersfield came along and said, here is more money than the FAI are going to <laughs> offer you. Also, you can be in charge of developing pathways for new players to come up to the senior team at Huddersfield. And he goes, cool, take that. He even told the FAI he'd gotten this offer. And uh, according to various sources... And they're like, mm, we can't match that. Bye. <laughs> so this was at a point at th- that particular time when this happened during the World Cup. Mm. We have nine weeks until Euros, uh, the Euro qualifiers. So in September, Ireland are playing Montenegro in their first home game. We currently have no manager. It is now several weeks on from him leaving the post. Two days ago from this recording the FAI actually put out a job advertisement for it. Like, they've left it three weeks, two and a half to three weeks before they even put out a fucking job. Mm. Like, I suppose in the John Delaney area, they would have just, like, oh, any old chap, like... Yeah. Would do they would have got Noel King to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Noel King, again. Yeah. Up you go, Noel. Uh, or, like, I, I love the women. Why, a bum nudge. Mike got bum nudge in Oh, yeah, nah, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't work at FAI again. Brian oh, bum nudge care. Mm. No, nah, he wouldn't work him again. No way. That, that bridge is burnt. But, uh, yeah, like... Get Kevin, get, get, go, so, go full Phil so Neville and get Kevin LinkedIn, LinkedIn, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, like, literally, we have one of the best chances to qualify. Mm. Like, we were so... We were a point or two away from qualifying from the World Cup. World it, Cup that we would have... Yeah. Against two teams, all the way, that made the quarterfinals and the final. Yes. That's, that, that's who was in our group, we by the way. We drew nil all... With the Netherlands away. Yeah. I know that's not a great, like, it's not. A no, it's method, brilliant. But, like, it is. It's, like, it's, a, it's an achievement. The fucking runners up in the current World Cup. Yes, that's an achievement. <laughs> like, yay, we won nil all. Woo! Um, Jackie Chop. 
Carry yeah, on. get some horse clips up in this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, um, and we, there's literally no one in line to take it up. Mm. Like, Con Bell has taken all of his staff with him, as far as I can see. Um, so it's literally like, um, like Katie McCabe turned up to training at Arsenal a week earlier because I'm sure she just wants to keep her mind away from the shit show that's There's just nothing on. else happening with uh, Ireland. I, I think you'll find her uh, partner kind of popped that bubble. You know why? <laughs> because the photographer was at the <laughs> So, so to summarise, so to summarise our Hand of Cod competition, Neil's pick are mercenary bastards like Neymar and Griezmann. Yeah. A joint uh, award. My one is the cringiest boy alive, which is Jack Harlemin from Coventry City. And yours is the FAI for their bumbling ineptitude with the women's football team and basically not giving Colin Bell what he wants, even though he's very clearly doing a good job. Very, very clearly doing a great yeah. job. So, Neil, who's your pick for Hand of the Card? You can't pick your own. No, FAI. Hate the cunts. Yeah, I. you've already won this vote because mm-hmm. I'm yes. always going to go with the FAI because, Jesus Christ... <laughs> For me, yes, I'm so sad for of, my team and me. <laughs> to, to explain that, like, if you're talking from a business sense, this is such a stupid thing for the FAI oh, yeah, to the, do. The run up to who are we playing next? We're playing the USA. Yes. Yeah. We're no play- manager. With no manager, we are going to play the world champions in their home grounds. Double world champions. Yeah, this is their coronation. <laughs> in their like celebratory run, but. Let's hope they're all still drunk. No, but there's no one even. They in could line very well be. There's no yeah. interim. Yeah, we can just put like. They got pissed after two bottles. Of yeah, course, they're still drunk. Like, we just replace all their water with a load of fucking Bud Light. Yeah, get them back. Get them the bags of water back oh, from the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, yeah. These John Aldridge going fuck, 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 yeah. fuck. Megan Rapinoe. Actually, there's your new coach, John yeah. Aldridge. He'd be yeah. very crack. Megan Rapinoe gets yellow carded in the first two minutes for running with her sunglasses on. They complain she can't see without them. That's it. That's what we need to do. We need to meet up with the USA team the night beforehand. Get them lashed. Go out on the fucking sesh. Like, actual sesh. Lads, I've got the perfect manager. John McGrath. Ah, we perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get him. Dunphy and the double vodkas. Just get them hammered. That's the strategy. Gotta keep Dunphy away from the bar... uh, The... You know, the doorman. Yeah, obviously, yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant the women there for a second. <laughs> nah, he's fine with that. Yeah. It's all yeah. near a fax machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes so much sense, though, because, like, in a in business sense, the fo- women's football is the probably one of the biggest emerging markets out there at the minute because of the World Cup. Nike's over- most sold yeah. football shirt ever. Is the, is the American... Is the American women's. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is that, like, old fannies... Like the FAI just cannot see that. Like it's just institutional in them. Just like no, no. There's only one type of football. Don't tell me there's anything other. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? There's gas. Shut up. You know, there's, it, it's not in them to think that way, and that's the problem because this is such a guilt-edged opportunity to not only put all no, no, not I'm not saying put all your eggs in the women's back, but at least bias it like the Scandinavians. Do. No, it's the it's Scandinavians. No opportunity to realize that there are other baskets you can put fucking eggs. But more in. so, that, well, um, what I'm saying is that there is less competition, broadly speaking, in the women's game. So you can put a foothold in, like Sweden have done, like yeah. Norway have done. They know they're not going to get fuck all in the in the men's game because, like France, Germany, Netherlands, they've got a fucking monopoly on it. But now with the women's game. It's a free for all, more or less. Unless also, we've got some really fucking. We've got good players. players, and they just need support. They just need that depth because we, we can see from watching the Irish games. Like you have McCabe, you have Quinn, you have the three players that are that are fucking professional, and then you have girls who are like still at Piedmont United and Shamrock Rovers, and you need to get and need the, to bridge the players that gap. Professional have won. They won the fucking Premier League. Yeah, exactly. 
and the difference in, in quality is, is, is vividly there You've got Megan Campbell, who plays for Man City, who mm. they love her so much, they got her to re-sign a new contract while she was out with an ACL injury. Yeah. Like, she's that much respected by a quite an emergingly good team, mm. I would admit. In well, the, 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 yeah, that's the thing. Like, yeah. they are pumping huge amounts of cash into the Yeah, like, game. they could go They're off... They're doing it the right could, way. They could buy Lindsay, uh, Lucy Bronze, but yeah. they are putting their faith in Megan Campbell. Great. Um, yeah. You've and got Lee McCabe and Quinn who won the FAWSL. You've got um, O'Sullivan playing over in Florentina mm. um, over in the Italian League which is getting more and more money pumped into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you've got okay, um, Amber uh, Barrett. Mm, uh, has, uh, she was P-Mount United's top striker uh, this year but she's just signed for FC Clone. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. So um, she was fucking great when I saw her last time playing. She yeah, she's like really physically strong. Yeah. Um, but like that, she was playing Ga for Donegal mm. and playing for P Mount United, and Colin Bell went out to her Ga match in Donegal to see she, yeah. and he goes, "Yeah, you're fantastic." full forward in GAA mm-hmm. yeah. I'd love to see you put your efforts in like just focus on one sport and, and because of yeah, that that's she great. focused it all her and now she's after getting a professional contract that is a great story because mm-hmm. that's the sort of stuff that you're now missing without Colin Bell yeah. there's someone who genuinely and legitimately like, there's no bullshit here he genuinely wants such a passion for the women's game because he's been in the American outfits he's been in the German outfits he knows what's required and the fact that it, it in a way like it was how like the FAI sucked the dick off Trapattoni for years going oh this is a legendary manager well, I can't believe we got Trapattoni then we fuck get Trapattoni we got the fucking puppeteer behind Trapattoni like we didn't get we didn't get the real <laughs> Trapattoni but you got the real Colin Bell you got the, the person is in the sack <laughs> <laughs> so just for pig iron the sack is in the river <laughs> so just for a pig iron then who, what was your pick for Hand the Cod even though you've already won Oh, that young Coventry lad who's an absolute fucktard. Yeah. <laughs> Hickman. Yeah. Ah, you can never be a good bell. I'll, I'll, have, to keep, I'll have to keep an eye on him this season, see where he goes. That'd be great crack. Down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll never be seen again. He's um, gonna be, we'll be happier for it. Yeah, you know, he's going to drown because his pockets are too heavy. Pockets heavy, mate. <laughs> but um, thank you very much for listening. Um, we will be... We're, I think we're going to keep doing podcasts. I think it's a bit of crack. Oh, but um, yeah. yeah. So um, we will be back then to do our um, season preview um, in a couple of weeks. We'll probably, what, give it three or four weeks maybe and then see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, unless we have other shit to talk about in that time. But um, it's been fun. I look forward to the existential dread you guys are going to have. Yeah. Um, already there already it's going to th- be a meltdown it's going to be emotional uh, you'll find out in a couple of weeks if Liver- if it's definitely our year or not oh my god which is uh, always tempt to fade if you're a Liverpool fan you never say the phrase and that's never started, say that started early yeah it did so guys this has been the FDS podcast as, Ooh, we're, yes. gonna, as we're officially going to call it make the noise no I'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> you can just copy and paste it in from earlier on don't give me work to do we do everything live you know this <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> don't hit the microphone and make it worse you never oh make contact God. I have to get that tested now they have to eat them <laughs> <laughs>